Father, thank you for today and thank you for the opportunity to be here with everybody. Thank you for your presence in the, in the place. Thank you that you love us and that you care about us. Thank you that you give us this day. Spirit of God, I pray, come and speak to our hearts. Change our hearts. Help us to be more like Jesus every day. Help us today to step into something new with you. Lord, yesterday was amazing, but today is a new day. And your mercies are new every single morning. So today we pray for more. We pray for a new place, a new debt, a new healing, a new a new horizon, a new vision, whatever it is that people need in this room. I pray, Father, come and give it to us, we We need you. We're asking in your name. 2019, um, and I know we're starting February and we're moving into spring. I think spring was the start the other day, wasn't it? Yeah? It was a really good day for the start of spring, wasn't it? Yeah? Freezing, freezing. Um, I was laughing, the lads were saying, God, it's freezing here. And they thought it was just because they were here from their country, but I was going, no, we're freezing too. We're all freezing. This is cold. This is cold. So normally I would talk about the beginning of the year at the beginning of the year, but we had other stuff going on and we, and we moved into forward. And I just want to bring us back to it being a new year. And over the last couple of years... The Lord has brought me on a journey of, instead of making a whole list of New Year's resolutions and all that kind of stuff, to look for one word and try and live my life with that word being at the center of my life for that year. And two years ago it was presence, and last year it was intimacy. And as I was coming up to Christmas, um, I was going, God, what, you know, actually, I have to be honest with you, I wasn't really going to go, God, what word should I have? But God was kind of saying to me, Brian, what word are you going to have for next year? And, um, and I got to a place then and I was kind of like, so what word should I have? And he said a word that I didn't really like because he said challenge. And I was like, I liked intimacy. That was okay. <laughs> Presence was even okay. Challenge is like, I don't know if I want to be listening to that word. So um, anyway, who knows you don't win when you have an argument with God. Um, so I gave up, and I accepted that the word was challenge. But what was interesting was, <coughs> I thought the word was just for me, but I don't think it is. I think it's for us as a church. It's for us as a body. And personally, when, when I took the word on, um, over the Christmas I spoke with my son, who is taking on a challenge of trying to get fit and lose weight and get himself into shape. And he said, I'm going to do a thing in the summer that I'd call the Four Peaks. Do you want to do it with me? And I went, yeah. Not really realizing what I was saying yes to. So we're going to climb four mountains apparently sometime in June or July. So I need to get fit. <laughs> so that's my physical challenge. Um, for two years I have put off what I thought the Lord was calling me to go and do a master's in IBI. And I've put it off. And this year I signed up for it. And I went in January and started it. So that was my kind of... Spiritual, intellectual, whatever word you want to call it, challenge. 
And I thought I was, I was like, that's good. I'm at that kind of clocking up two serious things there. I shared this with, uh, with, with the leadership team meeting a couple of weeks ago when I shared it. Actually, Anne shared it for me because I wasn't telling anybody. Do you know when you were, do you, I never did a driving test, okay? But you know, I know people who go for driving tests and they don't tell anyone in case they fail. Right? I'll tell people after I pass, but I'm not going to tell them in case I fail. I'm a bit like that. Well, I was a bit like that. I was kind of like, because I, I don't have a degree, so I have to do a session and do a, a, a project and then see if I'm good enough to go on from there. And there's no reason in the world I'm not, and there's no reason in the world I shouldn't, but inside of me, I had this whole failure thing going on. And I was thinking, I, I don't want that out there, and it stopped me. And, and I want to share that because this week, I'm going to try this thing, and it doesn't work, Tony, so you're on. This week, during Forward, we had a day on Thursday where uh, I got challenged personally. And it was really raw, and it was very emotional, and it was very strong, and it was all of them things. And um, to the point while I was in the meeting with everybody else looking at me as I descended into a puddle, um, I looked like I was having a nervous breakdown. I couldn't talk. I was overwhelmed and all the rest of it. But God was challenging a belief that was in me that I was a failure. And I had got that from home. And I'd got that from a relationship that I didn't really have with my dad. And I carried that relationship against God. And he challenged me that he would be a dad to me. And that he would fix that and heal that if I would let him. So I don't even know how to tell you that I let him because I couldn't. There was a wall and actually Israel said to me, well, if you can't take down the wall, what about asking God to? Do you know what? I did and he did. And he took the wall down. And I wrote in a journal the other morning and for the first time ever, I was able to write that to God and mean it and not And I have preached it, and I have counseled people into it, and I have seen other people walk into that freedom, but never actually experienced it until Thursday. But God is good. And his challenge in my life is not finished. And I'm not telling you all that for you in any shape or form to look at me and go, oh, isn't he great? Because I know I'm not great. But God is great. And he's going to do great things in and through me and in and through you. Um, And he doesn't have favorites. Well, Gregory keeps saying he does. You're all favourites. And I was going, but I think he has some more favourites than others. When it comes to parking, Anne is definitely his favourite. I'm not. She gets the spots. I never do. But I want to move this from me to hope. And I want to remind you of why we are here. We're here for a reason. God planted us in this place for a reason. Hope's vision is to share God's love with Crumlin. That's our vision, mission statement. You call it whatever you want. It's as simple as that. And anything that we do needs to flow through that. And that means we can do anything as long as we're loving people. And we are staying true to the vision that God gave us. He wants us to let the people outside of the walls of this place know that he loves them. And that he loves them enough that he would die on a cross for them. The challenge as a church for us is to hold that vision and trust the process that God is bringing us through. And sometimes we don't understand the process and sometimes we don't get the process, but he is bringing us through it. 
and it is his process. And our challenge is, as a church, to trust God in his process and to trust God. Because so many times we don't trust God. We want to take it back off of him and do it our way. This was the vision God gave to me, I'm going to say me, and I shared it with the team back 10 years ago. And the best way we could figure it out to describe it was to draw it as a picture. And I don't know how clear you can see that, and I know it keeps going on and off, but the center of that whole thing is Jesus. The axle that this all turns on is Jesus. The church is the hub of the wheel. All the little spokes are the things that we hoped to do. And what we wanted, and what I wanted the people to see, was this center. And to see people coming in and getting healed and getting helped. And for that to be a process of funneling people to Jesus. I can just see reflections in that door. Does that keep going on and off behind me? Okay, sorry. We've got some kind of a dodgy connection. My telly up there is working perfect. So if you want to look at that, it's great. It means you won't be looking at me then as well. So that would be a lot less intimidating. Okay. So... I, I, I want to do this very quickly because this isn't part of the message, but I want to I set this up. I really do want to set this up well. We have values that we're trying to live this through, okay? And they are that we will be real. That we won't be airy-fairy, we won't be super spiritual. That we believe in freedom and we want people to be free. I am not interested in judging people. I will call out stuff if I see it. I will congratulate things if I see it. I'm not here to judge anybody. You have your freedom in Christ and you should live in that freedom. And we should all celebrate that freedom. That we are supposed to be on an adventure and we should live like we're on an adventure. That there is always more and there always will be more with God. We're never going to get to the end of it. That adventure is never going to stop if, unless we stop it. And that we will live our lives with purpose and intentionality. That is the values that we will hold. And when we don't hold those values, we need to pull each other up on it. If you see me not living that, you need to pull me. You need to go, you said this, you're not living it. Our strategy is that there is 20,000 people living in Crumlin. That's the next one, Tony. There are 60 streets, and the dream right now is that we will have one home that will be a lighthouse on every street. That we will have one home that has a family in it who love Jesus, who are praying for their street, and who are reaching out to their street. If we could do that on average, with an average Irish family, we would increase this church to 150 people in a blink. In a blink. It would be that simple. How we do that is by people volunteering and getting involved. We have staff, we just don't pay them any money. There's no one gets paid wages, but we work just like it's a full-time job. There are several people who do that here. There are several people who give their time weekly for to make this place go. There are people who put their money into it every week and every month. And it's not just in that box, people who have their tie it up and go in on a direct debit into the bank. And that's what keeps this place going. It doesn't flow on thin air. God uses people to support his vision. 
We are completely donation-based. We get no government funding. We don't get any of that. And I just want you to know that. And that opportunity is there for everybody to be part of. So what are our challenges ahead? Our biggest challenge, I believe, is to be the body of Christ. Our biggest challenge is for us to be the body of Christ. And I want to read here from 1 Corinthians. I'm going to try it off the thing. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given to one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Excuse me. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. You are them parts. You are those parts. We are those parts. If they were all one part, where would the body be? For as it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the hand and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. Just hold it. Go back to that for a second, Tony, please. God has put the body together. We are not here by accident. You are not part of this by accident. If you are here and you call Hope home, you are here for a purpose, and God created you for that purpose for this time. I'm not saying you're here forever, but you are here for this season for a reason, and God wants to do something in that. Now, sorry, Tony. Next. So that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. See, the challenge ahead is that we will get taken apart. And we won't get taken apart from the outside. We'll get taken apart from the inside. In 1 Peter it says, the scripture tells us that the devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking somebody that he can devour. But to devour someone, he has to get them on their own. Do you ever watch those wildlife programs? He never attacks the herd. They look for the one on their own. They look for the one that's in a weak space. They look for the one that's out on their own. They look for the one that's like vulnerable. And then they attack and that's what the enemy does. And he uses, to get us to go out on our own, he uses the same tactics he's used for thousands of years to get people to go against each other. There are certain blocks that the devil uses. 
And there's blocks. They're like road blocks to stop us moving forward. And the first one is being judgmental. Having a judgmental spirit. The scriptures in Matthew tells us, don't judge. Because you'll be judged. So there's none of us in this room can start looking at you. Do you see the state of whore? See the state of him? Ty said he was a Christian. <laughs> we're laughing. because Do you know why we're laughing? Because it happens. That's why we're laughing. The best humor is always based on truth. Right? We're laughing because that's the kind of stuff we do. But we never think of absolutely we're holding up the mirror. That goes on to say, who are you to be going up to your neighbor and saying you've got a, a speck in your eye when you've got a plank in your own eye? That destroys fellowships. It destroys family when people start judging each other, start looking at each other as if there's something better or wrong. The other thing that we do is we take offense. We just take offense. Again, in Romans, it says, don't. Don't pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what's right in the sight of all men, if possible. So far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men and women. Never take your own revenge, beloved. But leave room for the wrath of God. For it's written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals in his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I am going to tell you something now for nothing. I will offend you. I will give you the opportunity to be offended. If you stay on this journey with us for any length of time, chances are I'm fairly good at it. I don't even have to try. It just seems to be a natural gift I have. Whether you take offense or not will be your choice. Because I want to tell you on the other hand of that, Many of you have offended me. But I have the choice whether I let that offense in or I work to stay at peace with people. It works both ways. I have sat with too many people who left church because the leadership offended them but have never sat and thought, did I offend the leadership? We're all adults here. The kids are gone. We're all adults. We all have the same roles and responsibilities. And then when we get offended, we don't forgive. And that robs us as well. In Matthew 6, it says, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, then God will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive you. That's fairly strong stuff. I mean, honest to God, and I didn't make that up. That's in the Bible. Check it out. If you don't believe me. I put on a slide, but I took it from the Bible. We had an amazing session here on forgiveness yesterday. Forgiveness puts you in a prison. It doesn't put the other person. You let people off the hook. Let them off the hook. Because the one that's off the hook then is you, not them. The one that is off the hook is you. And then the last thing that I want to just point that destroys things is gossip. And in Proverbs 16, it says, A perverse person stores up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. I'll just go back to that one for a sec, Tony, sorry. Gossip is poison 
poison. Now, I know none of us here ever gossip, okay? But we're going to have new people coming in, all right? And we just want to set the tone before they get here. And when they come, you go, now, we don't gossip here. Is that okay? We don't even pray our gossip. Do you know them ones? It's like, I'm just sharing a prayer request. Do you know about man? Right? Okay. We don't do that. If you have something to say, be an adult and go and say it to the person. And then if someone comes and says something to you, be an adult and don't take offense. And figure out a way through it. Let's be honest with each other. Let's go back to them values that we said we'd have and be real with each other. God gave us a plan and he gave us everything that we need for to make that plan happen. And he gave us everything that we need to stay in fellowship with each other. Because you know what? It works together when we're together. I was going to bring, we have a little box of Lego blocks at home that our grandson plays with. And they're all different colors and some of them are different shapes and all the rest of it. And when they're in the box, they just look a mess. Do you know Lego? You've all had Lego. Okay. They make, fun, they make amazing things now with Lego. When I was a kid, you just got like walls and houses. That was it and nothing else. But now they can make animals and everything out of them. But here's the thing. When he gets all them blocks together, he builds a wall out of it. Now, I could pour water through that box of blocks. When they're on their own, it just goes straight through them. But see, when he builds a wall, it bounces off it. It's only plastic Lego boxes. And pour water, just bounces off it. You throw things at it, just bounces off it. Because it's together. The devil is going to go around us like a roaring lion looking to pick people off. But if we stay together, we'll make it. And we'll see God's plan come to fruition in this area. But if we help him to pick us up by picking on each other, then we'll lose out. If we walk away, we will lose out. Because God's plan will not be thwarted just because we don't want to be part of it. He will go ahead without us. He loves us and he wants us involved, but he gives us an opportunity and our responsibility is to be in that and walk with him. Our opportunity is to do it. Our responsibility is to do it. But our choice is to say we go or we stay. But that is our choice. And God gives us that choice. In Ephesians, it tells us that God gave us the armor of God. And I just want to read it for a minute and then I want to try and demonstrate something to you. And I'll give you the heads up, I'm going to need volunteers for that. If you want to put your head down and don't catch me eye after this, you'll know why. Because you'll be a volunteer. Okay. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can, ta- you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Can I say something? We have had, um, since December... We have had all kinds of stuff come against us as a family, as a couple, in our family, outside of our family, all kinds of stuff. And we have constantly had to sit down with each other and go, our battle is not with flesh and blood. It certainly feels like it at the minute and I want to kill some of that flesh and blood, but our battle is not with flesh and blood. Our battle is against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And they are real And you only have to look at the telly to know they're real. Go ahead, please, Tony. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth 
buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flame and arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. The armor of God is something God gives us Everyone, not just some people, not just our American visitors, not just the people who sing up here, not people who do the door. Every single human being who has a relationship with Jesus, the armor of God is available to. But the armor of God is very interesting in that it covers the front of a person. It doesn't cover their back. There's nothing in it that says anything about covering your back. And if you think about the values and you think about the roadblocks I was even talking about, the gossip and the unforgiveness and the taking offense and all that, if we wore the, the breastplate of righteousness, which is Christ's righteousness, and lived, letting him live through us, and we wore the belt of truth and the gospel of peace, that would wipe them out straight away. Is that fair enough? That would wipe them out straight away. We're not designed or created to turn our back on the battle. We're supposed to face it. See, an adventure always has a cost. Whoever saw Braveheart? Yeah? Wasn't that like, what fella here didn't want to be William Wallace at some stage? Seriously. What woman didn't want to be with William Wallace? Or want to have a William Wallace at home? Probably a better way of putting it. Okay. But that adventure cost. He had to face the battle. He couldn't turn and run away. He had to face it. It's making funny noises. He had to face it. And unless we're facing it, we're facing the wrong direction. I need one volunteer at this moment in time who would be brave enough to stand up here beside me. Go on, Denise. You'll get your chance in a minute, say okay. Oh, oh, okay. So, this is your shield, which Israel faithfully made this morning. Come on up here. And this is your sword. Okay, don't hit me. This is my flaming arrow, which Anne got me from my grandson's little box. I don't know if it'll work. Okay, so, so here's Denise on her own. Okay, she has the whole armor of God, and I have fairy arrows to fire at her. What are fairy arrows? Fairy arrows are gossip, offense, words. Very rarely I have had somebody throw rocks at me. Not since I was a kid. I did have people throw rocks at me when I was a kid, but very rarely as an adult. But I've had people throw plenty of verbal rocks at me. Plenty. Okay? And you will too. But you know when they come and you're doing that? Where do they go? That doesn't work. Okay. Right. Okay, they go like that. And they bounce. Okay? Why? Because... She has the shield up. Turn around for a second. If she's facing the wrong way, go straight in the back. Straight in the back. What way are you facing? Are you facing God and into the battle? Or are you running from God? Jonah ran from God and ended up in the belly of a fish. 
You look at anyone in the scriptures who ran from God, they ended up in the wrong place in trouble. And most of them ran from God because God was saying to them, do this, and they were going, I don't like the look of that. Like when he said to me in December, I think challenge, Brian, and I'm going, don't like the look of that. I think I'd rather intimacy. Can we not stay with that for another year? That was nice. It was cozy. It was cuddly. And blanket around me. Now, challenge. I need three more volunteers. Get up there, Sergey. Two more. Go on, Rita. One more. Alex, good man. Come up here, Alex. You have a shield each. Grab that. Grab that. Grab that, Rita. And you have a sword each as well, which totally, fatally, faithfully cut in half for me this morning. Okay, so here's... No, no, stop playing. Stop playing. This is to demonstrate something. And I hope it works. Okay. I want you to stand back to back for a second. I'll move you. Hold on. You go there. Stay there. You go there. Stay there. Come here, Rita. No, not that way. You stand there. Come here, Alex. You stand here. Turn around. Okay. Hold your shield up. Okay. There's the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. If you stand at an angle, you can cover each other all the way around so that I can't get at you. You with me? Yeah? Okay. Let me tell you what happens in some churches. Turn around for things. Face each other. They get so busy looking at each other. They get so busy becoming a happy, clappy club that's just about us. They get so busy ripping each other apart with swords that their backs are wide open and the devil takes them out. And I want to say something. Hope is not going to be one of them churches. No. You're getting carried away up here now. Okay, thank you very much. You can keep the swords and shields if you want to. We have two choices. We can either be looking in or looking out. The battle is out there. It's not in here. And when we have a move of God like we've had in the last five weeks in this place, I want to tell you something. The battle is coming here. It's coming here. And it will move to move you against me and me against you. And you against each other. And God's challenge is that we would be the body of Christ. And a body, when it starts attacking itself, the only time that really happens is when there's something called cancer in it. But cancer can be cut out. And it can be healed and it can be fixed. And it doesn't have to win. And whatever comes... And I am not prophesying this, but I am predicting it. That challenge is coming. Challenge is coming. And if we stand together as a body, we won't only take it, we will beat it. We will beat it. And we will see the salvation of God come to Crumlin. And from Crumlin, we will see it spread into the rest of Dublin 12. There are 20,000 people just in Crumlin. There's 80,000 people in Dublin 12. Do you know something, guys? There is no other church like this in this area. There is no other church like this in this area. We're partnering with the Church of Ireland for the Run Alpha because the lady who runs that is saved to the bone, full of the Holy Spirit. 
We partner with Jimmy Fennell from the Catholic Church because he is saved at bone and full of the spirit. They are very few and far between. We have an opportunity, and God has given us an opportunity for to take this area for him. But to do that, we need to be together. We need to stick together. We need to stay. To have that victory from God, we need to stay in the grace of God. We need to stay in the grace in God, and we need to stay in grace with God. And we need to live every day in that grace. We need to wake up every morning and go, his mercies are new today. They're new for me. Do you know what? They're new for you. And we need to pray that over each other. We need to look at and, and I say, call us, ask us for prayer. Look for prayer, okay? But start looking outside of you for prayer. Start looking about who you can pray for rather than who you can get to pray for you. Start looking about who you can start to serve rather than looking for someone to serve you. Start looking for who you can give to rather than looking for who you can get from. Start looking out. Start looking out. Because it will change everything about your life. Everything. Or you can stay looking in. And what will happen is you will just wither up. And you will lose out on the blessing of God. You will lose out on what he has for you. I want to finish with this. There are three crowns that I think God wants us to know about. There's the crown of righteousness. In 2 Timothy, it tells us, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all of them that love his appearing. If we, salvation is through grace alone. Absolutely. It's not about work. We can't walk our way in salvation. It's a gift from God. But once we have it, once we have that, there's a call of God. There's things for us to do. Because you know what? There's thousands of people all around us who don't have it. It's not about us. This isn't here to become a nice little club where we all get comfortable and cozy. We're a, supposed to be a hospital. We're supposed to be an army. We're supposed to be reaching out and showing other people what God gave us. That's what we exist for. The crown of life from James, blessed is this, the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. We're going to be tested. We're going to be up against it. Be shepherds of God's flock, okay? That is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. There's another bit of that, isn't it? Okay. Not lording it over them, entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. That word has been used very specifically for many years over pastors and teachers and apostles and prophets and people who take part in that fivefold ministry thing. But I want to say that word is for every single one of us because God has put people in your care. Because you have a sphere of influence that I'll never have. You have a family, you have workmates, you have schoolmates, you have whatever that me or anyone else in here may never even get to speak to. But they are in your care. You have an opportunity to give them the gift that we've been given, which is Jesus. Amen? So, I want to finish with this and say, 
Um, we had the Bible study the other night, and we would, there was somebody in it um, who was going, you know, when you get a book, I always read the end of the book before to see if it's got a good ending or whatever. Yeah? I want to tell you something. Read the end of the book. We win. We win. Jesus has already won. I don't understand the dynamics of it. He's won. And somehow or other we're in the... It's happening, but we're not there just yet. But we will be. But we win. We have a crown of life. We've already got that because we've got Jesus. But we have an opportunity. Sorry, crown of righteousness. We've got an opportunity for a crown of life. And we have an opportunity for a crown of glory. And God has greater things ahead of you than you've ever had up to now. Ever. But if you want them, you're going to have to step into them. We're going to have to grow up and be the mature people of God that he called us to be. And that doesn't mean becoming an expert on your Bible. It means becoming an expert of living the way Jesus lived. And he didn't quote the Bible at people. He lived it. He served them. He gave his life for them. And that is the call for each and every one of us. So hope I lay the challenge down. Be the body of Christ. Let us look out and let us look up. And let us look to the one who can take us from here to eternity and see how many we can bring with us on the way. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for your word. I pray that what was said, that as what is of you, will go deep into our hearts and change us. That what was said that is of you, Lord, would just resonate with our souls. Lord, I believe you are calling us to greater things. I believe you are calling us to greater things. Lord, to see our families come into relationship with you. To see our friends come into relationship with you. To see our neighbors come into relationship with you, Lord. To see the people that we know come into freedom, real freedom. Real freedom, Lord. Not freedom, that's just a word, but real freedom that will change everything about our life. Lord, I pray and I believe for generations to come. Lord, generations that we are planting something here that is going to make a difference for thousands of years and into eternity. That what is done in this place will echo into eternity, Lord. That is done in the lives of the people here will echo in eternity. That the angels in heaven will rejoice over what people in this room are going to do in the years ahead. God, I declare these are your people. They are called of you. They are anointed of you. They are sent of you. They are empowered by your Holy Spirit to be your voice in this wilderness, to be your light in this darkness, to be your love to the hurt that is all around them. So, Father, I pray right now that you would speak into their hearts. I pray that they would hear your call. And that they would rise up to it. That they would rise up to it, Lord. If you want to be part of what God is doing, pray, serve, give. Give of your money, give of your time, give of your life. Serve others and treat them better than you would treat yourself. And pray for the Spirit of God to speak into your heart so that you would be ready every day 
to be all that Jesus created you to be. Lord, I bless your people. May you make your face shine upon them. May you lift up your countenance upon them and grant them peace. And may know, they know and I know the fellowship of your Holy Spirit from this day and forevermore. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.